0: Farming program with our steel stockholders. Withambrook Industrial Estate, Grantham. For all your steel needs, call their friendly experts.
1: Last week saw another huge and successful lammer at the NEC. Today, we take a look at some of the new stuff launched at the show.
2: What the machine is mainly about is traction and lessening of ground impact.
3: 25 for 2.5 ton of capacity and 60 for six meter lift height.
2: So it's a new moving floor, so it's not a push-off trailer,
4: so the the whole floor's a rubber fabric belt.
5: We have different options that we can add to that machine, like the fertiliser system.
1: And meet a Lincolnshire tech startup helping with fruit crop forecasting. Well, growers are roughly
6: 50%,
1: or anywhere up to 50% out of
6: yield forecast, which means an incredible amount of waste. And an incredible amount of value lost for the farmers.
1: There's a little bit of good news on stewardship and SFI payments. We'll see how the grain and livestock markets are doing. And with low-pressure forecast, what's the weather going to do to us this week? The Week in Agriculture. This is the Farming Programme with Steve Orchard. Hello, hope you've had a good week. We start with that bit of good news on stewardship and SFI payments. Ella Redrup from Masons and Partners in Louth joins us. Ella, what can you tell us?
0: Yeah, so the um, government last year increased the payment rates. They've done that again this year. So that will be uh, in effect for all agreements, whether they're existing agreements or new agreements starting from the 1st of January this year. And on average, they've increased around 10% and the capital payments on average have increased by 48%.
1: So that's the countryside stewardship payment. What about the SFI, the Sustainable Farming Incentive?
0: They have also introduced a additional management payment of £20 per hectare for people either in the existing Sustainable Farming Incentive Agreement or new agreement. That's paid for up to 50 hectares of land entered into the scheme, really to incentivise take up of the scheme and also cover the administrative costs of participation in the scheme. I think what they have been finding is that perhaps some of the smaller farmers who aren't already soil testing and doing all these kind of things, weren't looking to take on the schemes because financially it just didn't make sense. So hopefully with the introduction of the management payment, There'll be up to £1,000 per year in the three-year agreement towards those costs.
1: Okay, and now we've got some new standards, I gather, coming. Do we know anything about them yet?
0: They haven't yet released exactly what these standards are going to be. We suspect they'll be for for items such as um, hedgerow management, which we see currently under countryside stewardship but just all basically widening the scope of the sustainable farming incentive to make it more attractive to potential applicants. At the moment, it's very limited. In our neck of the woods, um, arable and grassland, and that's as far as it goes, whereas the introduction of new standards, um, again, with the management payments, should incentivise take-up of the scheme.
1: And talking of applications, the application window opens shortly. Do we know what shortly is?
0: So that's for countryside stewardship. That should be in the next month or so for the mid-tier and higher-tier agreements and uh, even sooner than that for any capital agreements. Sustainable Farming Incentives, you can apply for at any time uh, and your agreements are kind of, you can look at them every year and add in new standards and more land and, and change them around a bit so you're not fixed in for the five-year agreements like we've seen previously with Countryside Stewardships.
1: Okay, lovely. Now, if somebody's either not in these schemes at the moment or they're looking at them and thinking we need to make changes or they want to know more information, they can get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, With basic payment scheme being phased out uh, even more so this year, now more than ever is the time to have a look at um, the new schemes and some extra funding that's available to you and your farms
1: and i guess anyone interested can get in touch with you through your website which is
0: it's masonsandpartners.co.uk. but the best way to get hold of us is on the phone 01507 and option three
1: ella redrup from masons and partners in laos thanks ever so much for joining us again on the farming program
0: Pleasure. Thank you very much, Steve.
1: Young people across the UK have been given an exciting opportunity to win funding and help tackle climate change as part of a groundbreaking initiative from the Woodland Trust. It's called the Youth Innovation Competition and offers young people the chance to secure part of a £20,000 prize to support their own environmental projects. The competition comes in the wake of an alarming Met Office announcement that 2022 was the warmest year in the UK on record, highlighting what many see as a desperate need for climate change action. Nine individuals or small groups aged between 16 and 25 will win up to £5,000 project funding each, along with mentorship from leading industry experts to deliver projects which directly fight the climate crises. These projects will need to fit into three categories, inspire, protect and create, and could include anything from tree planting projects to innovative ideas that aid farming and the protection of UK rivers and wildlife. Applications are now open and will close on the 7th of February. For more information, visit woodlandtrust.org.uk. Now, over 600 exhibitors and tens of thousands of visitors descended on the NEC last week as Lama returned to its traditional January home. I was one of those many visitors and toured 15 noisy halls looking for new farm equipment and tech being launched at the show. And firstly from Crone, who launched two products, a new wrapper and the GX wagon, sales manager Craig Bryson. Yes, the GX wagon's been launched as a
4: multi-purpose trailer, so it's fit to do everything from Rapeseed all the way through forage crops into root crops, potatoes, and uh, sugar beet as well.
1: Okay, so what's new about it?
4: Uh, So it's a new moving floor, so it's not a push off trailer, so the the whole floor's a rubber fabric belt. Chains are underneath that pull that forward, so that's the reason we can do root crops, because the crop's not getting pushed, it's getting
1: unloaded as you will. Um, Okay, cool. And the Easy Wrap 165T, that's new at the show as well this year.
4: Yes, yeah, so it's a new addition, um, we launched a mounted wrapper a couple of years ago so now we've got a trail wrapper uh, so this is a twin satellite wrapper, was 40 RPM full automatic load unload system um, from field to road mode, vice versa from one button in the cab so it's a nice, easy, user-friendly wrapper So it could be controlled from the cab? Yeah, completely from the cab, turn up to the field hit field mode and it folds out, ready for the first bail and
1: away you go all right, Craig, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Just across the hall, Bobcat were showing off their new compact telehandler, the TA2560, product manager Florian
3: Hilbert. 25 for 2.5 tonnes of capacity and 60 for 6-metre 6 lift height. So it's a super compact machine and we have a width of 1.84 and a height of 1.93 metres. Also, on this machine, we are able to, to fit the Bobtach carriage, so it is the same it's stock than the loaders. That means we can benefit from all the range of attachment of uh, skid steer loaders. This is a good advantage because you can touch many, many applications. Okay, so we're just lifting up
1: the the, the flap at the side to show me what's underneath. Yeah, it's a D24,
3: (laughs) homemade made uh, engine, 2.4 liter, four cylinders. So this we have also what we call a shielded design because we have a bottom plate under the chassis to protect all vital components. Everything is well protected because Bobcat is a one toss animal, you know? It's the other side of the machine, it's, it's the cabin. We have a wide opening, nearly 90 degrees. We have a low step, so easy to get in and get out. And we were able to fit the same cabins and our biggest steel handlers on this super compact. Same ergonomic uh, controls and uh, ins- inspired from automotive. And this is available now? This will be available to order at the end of this month. So first deliveries will be end of April, beginning of May. Florian, thank you. You're welcome. Grange Machinery
1: launched a new strip-tool preparator at Lama. National Sales Manager Oliver Beeks, what have we got here?
5: The machine we have on the stand is a three-metre machine with a half-metre row centre spacing. Uh, we've developed a machine due to demand from customers that are looking for uh, crop establishment in maize sugar beet and brassica crops where they actually just want to cultivate a strip in the field that they can then go and plant their crops, seeds straight into. So typically farmers that are establishing maize today may be actually doing four or five different applications and passes to establish, get the right seed bed for the seed to go into. Whereas what they can actually do with a strip-till machine, our preparator, they can go through once in any sort of crop, cover crop or grass or stubble, prepare the land that they can then actually plant the seeds straight into uh, whenever they want to do that as well. So,
1: if we go around the front of the machine, just tell me what, what we've got here.
5: At the front of the machine, we have a front disc, our opening disc, which then comes back into the uh, the leg. So, we use the leg that goes across all of our machines, the low disturbance leg. We want some disturbance in the actual slot. So, what we do to aid that is we have two discs that uh, go either side of the leg and they help ball up the soil to create the tilt. We then have the ability with those discs hydraulically adjust those on the go that's a big feature for our machine because operators don't want to stop time sensitive they actually want to adjust the machine on the go for the conditions to get the optimum finish we then have our second row of discs which is our finishing discs that we have here our wavy discs again they're hydraulically operated from the cab so what you have is the ability to push those into the ground to create as much tilt as you can that's a unique feature to the grain strip till preparator. That gives the crop the best chance to start off. And then we come to the back of the machine, so the zonal packer that we're using, the gutler roll here, helps leave the soil in a safe condition if we do have some weather after we've uh, gone through with the preparator, but also it actually aids breaking down any soil clods as well, so leaving a nice tilt for that high-value maize sugar beet crop.
1: And this is all controllable from the cab?
5: Yep. so this machine has been designed so you can control the discs, you can control the auto-reset of the legs from the cab.
1: What kind of cost are we talking about for for this machine?
5: Around about £26,000 for the machine that we've got here. We have different options that we can add to that machine, like the fertiliser system. Uh, We can actually take some spec off the machine, like the auto-reset to a standard shear bolt machine. So we can tailor it to what a customer really needs.
1: That's Oliver Beeks at Grange Machinery. More info on the strip-till preparator at grangemachinery.co.uk. Can-Am launched their latest off-road vehicle, in addition to the Traxter range. At the show, Richard Gregg is their district commercial manager. Yeah,
2: so this is basically a further expansion of the Traxter range, which starts off with the, the HD7 as a single-cylinder, and then you've got the twin-cylinder V-twin versions of the HD9 and the HD10. And these are either the standard chassis or the extended bed chassis on the HD10 models. So what we've done is we've managed to get the CE-approved version of the extended bed chassis HD10 as a 6x6. So this is now a true six-wheel drive with a visco-lock front differential uh, locking machine.
1: And capacity and things like that?
2: Yeah, capacity-wise, it's actually very similar to the existing models at 454 kilos. What the machine is mainly about is traction and lessening of the ground impact. So at the moment, what we see the potential market for this is probably more gamekeeping, forestry, potentially fencing contractors, but certainly one of the key users are going to be large-scale utility companies where they may be dealing with the maintenance of installations in remote locations where they've absolutely got to get a certain amount of kit there and maybe health and safety says you've got to send two people and so that's going to be the ideal thing because you know you're going to get somewhere with that machine
1: okay what kind of cost are we talking about for this
2: inclusive of vat they start off at just over twenty-four thousand pounds richard thank you you're welcome thanks for your time
1: more info on trackster at can-am.brp.com search models one thing Canam offer if you buy an off-road vehicle is training in its use. After chatting with Richard, I bumped into Stephanie Barclay from the Farm Safety Foundation Yellow Wellies, who was on their stand. Stephanie, do ATVs and UTVs still present a farm safety problem?
7: Absolutely. Um, workplace transport is the biggest killer in farming. And unfortunately, that's the new thing over the last 60 years that has emerged, the ATVs and the quad bikes, but actually not using them properly. Unlike Canam, who are trying to promote their new charter, you know, so they get people to do it properly. You know, the unfortunate thing is people just jump on the bike and head up the, the field without thinking what could go wrong.
1: And can Canam um do training and so on, don't they?
7: They're brilliant. They're part of the EASY um, ATV group and they promote that. So they have us on the stand here at Llama, which is amazing, um, so that we can help to promote the importance of looking after themselves, you know, when they're actually out there every day on the farm.
1: And what kind of difficulties do people get into when they're not trained on these things?
7: Well, they don't know the capacity and the power of the vehicle. They don't think about the terrain that they're travelling on, so they don't know that they need softer tyres when it's a harder ground. You know, they don't do those safety checks, and they certainly don't wear their helmet, and that's the big issue. You know, people still refuse to wear helmets, but why wouldn't you do it when there's no rollover protection system? They don't have a cab so when you're on an ATV that's used as a light agricultural vehicle you need to be the right age you need to have the training to know what you're doing and you need to keep yourself safe by wearing your helmet
1: do they require licenses
7: no they don't actually an ATV that's used as a light agricultural vehicle and not on a main road doesn't need a license but you are very well advised to do proper training i'd
1: say that's probably part of the problem is the fact that you can if you want to buy one jump on it and off you go absolutely stephanie good to see you
7: yeah you too steve
1: stephanie barkley from the farm safety foundation yellow wellies their mind your head campaign is just four weeks away more on that on the farming program in a couple of weeks and we'll have more from Lammer next sunday
0: the Farming Programme, with our equipped steel stockholders with Industrial Estate Grantham, supplying the region for over 40 years.
1: Forecasting crop performance, rather like the weather, is never easy. Well, getting it right anyway. Fruitcast is a tech startup based at the Rice Home campus of the University of Lincoln, and they're working with growers to achieve more accurate forecasts. How do they do it, and who are they? I met with Chief Technical Officer Raymond Kirk. So Fruitcast
6: was um, initially born during my time as a PhD candidate at the University of Lincoln. I did a lot of research in computer vision systems for soft fruit, and it was all about ensuring food security, reducing waste, and increasing labour efficiency on the farm. When I was finishing my PhD, it, came, uh, it became very apparent that the industry didn't want me to leave and they didn't want me to waste all of the research um, and just go get a shiny job uh, somewhere else. So I took it upon myself um, during the COVID lockdown to start Fruitcast and try to benefit growers in the UK, increase their margins by by utilising modern AI based technologies.
1: Okay, let's ask the question then. What do you actually do?
6: (laughs) So Fruitcast uh, primarily um, does soft fruit analytics. So soft fruit analytics is basically just taking um, videos of your farm, so walking around your farm doing the traditional act of crop walking, but carrying a camera with you so that Fruitcast can do all the uh, hard lifting afterwards um, by processing the video, finding all of the individual fruit in the images, all the individual flowers. Performing analysis of each of those flowers and fruits, so non-destructively weighing all of the fruits so the farmer knows what current yield they actually have. Analyzing the flowers, predicting when each flower will be harvestable, so we have an accurate forecast based on the data rather than based on historical estimates. And we basically consolidate all of that information, which is an incredible wealth of information, more than farmers ever have, into a very digestible yield forecast for the growers.
1: And Raymond, why is that important to a grower?
6: Well, growers are roughly 50% or anywhere up to 50% out of yield forecast, which means an incredible amount of waste and an incredible amount of value lost for the farmers. So by having Fruitcast process all of that video data for you, you now can base your yield forecast on the actual data in the farm. So you forecast
1: it from observation rather than from almost a finger-in-the-air estimate. So this isn't a sort of robotic system where you're sending out a machine, a droid of some description, out into a field with a camera or a GPS system. This is actually you going out and, as you say, doing the old-fashioned way of walking around a field. But you're recording what you see on a camera and then the computer does the rest back at base. Exactly, exactly. So this isn't intended to be replacing the farmer traditionally walking the fields? Fruitcast is an augmentative
6: technology. Uh, We're all about upskilling the current
1: workforce
6: and increasing farm efficiency. We see humans as the most powerful resource on a farm and uh, we're just providing a tool for them to better capture and better utilise the data that they already
1: have. Okay. Now, you're called Fruitcast. Does that mean you only deal with fruit crops?
6: Uh, Right now, we're focusing on... um, demonstrating that fruitcast can solve the strawberry yield forecasting issue but we'll be expanding to all fmv uh, wider you might see a name rebrand at some point who knows um, but no we're not specific to fruit at all um, we can also do a lot of veg uh, but right now it's just primarily strawberries is our uh, selling um
1: product okay and there is still involvement isn't there with the university and there is the involvement with barclays eagle labs Yes, there is.
6: So The university are very actively involved. Um, we're actually the first spin-out ever of the University of Lincoln, um, and we're very proud to be so, and we're involved heavily with Barclays Eagle Labs and their network, um, so we have a lot of connections over the country with a lot of the other spin-outs um, that Barclays have support, uh, supported in the past. Um, we also have ties to uh, Dyson Farming, our CEO, Richard Williamson, and uh, Ben Wills, who is our commercial director. He's also ex-Dyson. So we're very um, tight-knit with the farming community
1: also. All right. Raymond, thank you. Thank you very much. You can find out more about Fruitcast and contact them at fruitcast.co.uk. Now to the markets, and with livestock first, here's Louth livestock market auctioneer Oliver Chapman. Good
8: morning, Oliver. Morning, Steve. Another weekly roundup from here at Louth for Monday, the ninth of January. Starting with the prime cattle, which Lee Steers sell to a top at two hundred and fifty nine pence per kilo for J C Scully and gross fifteen hundred and ninety six pound and eighty pence for G S Paul at Burley Marsh. Heffa's top at two hundred and eighty pence per kilo for C A Mottram and Sons, or seventeen hundred and sixty-two pounds for G S Paul of Burley Marsh. Prime bulls top at two hundred and twenty pence per kilo, or thirteen hundred and seventy-one pounds for the University of Lincoln. On to the cool cows, and just a single one on offer topped at one hundred and seventy-one pence per kilo, or thirteen hundred and forty-six pounds for C A Mottram and Sons. That wraps the cattle up and moving on to the sheep. Sees an all-in average of 229.59 pence per kilo with an SQQ 231.69 pence per kilo. Top goes to Fennec Brothers Limited of Bleasby at 274 pence per kilo with the pounds per head going to CA Mottram & Sons of Colby at 130 pounds per head. Moving on to the cool ewes, another strong show saw so an all-in average of £98.77 to top for EJ Benj at £174. Finally, store lambs, and it must be said a larger show, as many lambs pulled out of the fact that were just lacking a bit of finish, to all-in average £64.89 to top for Grange Farming Limited at £95 per head. Huge thank you to everyone that's been in support this week. Tomorrow it's store cattle week with a few entries already forward. All classes prime and cool cattle. And Prime and Cool Sheep are required for tomorrow's market, so please do not hesitate to contact me to discuss all marketing options. So it's Oliver Chapman for Masons and Louth Marketing. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Oliver. And with the Grey market summary, Openfield's Kit Dickinson. Morning, Kit. Well, good morning,
9: Steve. Markets rallied into the new year end before giving back all the gains and more besides, as the new year began with the focus on recession, depression and inflation, despite lower gas, oil, food and fertiliser prices. Indeed, the US Federal Reserve warned of continued fiscal tightening in the weeks months ahead, whilst the BOE and the ECB also raised interest rates, firming both sterling and the euro despite there being no end to the war in sight reports of power outages in port facilities the black sea export corridor has also continued to function with a rush to move ukrainian goods before the first of january and the withdrawal of the shipping insurance cover heavy rains floods and quality concerns in eastern and southern australia appear to have been offset by the stellar crops on the west coast with some crop estimates north of 40 million tonnes, although some of the higher estimates have now been tempered in recent days to 38 to 40 million. Logistics will restrict Australia's wheat exports to around 27 million tonnes, which, despite quality and the commodity mix, this will be a potential increase in their carryout stocks. The Argentine wheat crop is forecast at 11 to 12 million tons, which is down from 22 million tons last year, with the bulk of their surplus now going to Brazil. China has lifted COVID-19 restrictions, resulting in a rapid spread in the disease amid the rising death tolls as they approach their lunar New Year holidays, which will only hasten the spread of the disease. Some feel that the worst could be over by the second quarter and that their economy could be on the road to recovery, bringing with it subsequent increase and demand. So looking at barley this week, there are no old crop malting barley buyers as such. The theoretical market value has simply followed the wheat futures down by at least £25 since before Christmas. The only positive is that sterling has weakened with the exchange rate to the euro. That means that if we find an export buyer again, the weaker sterling will increase our value. As we presaged many times in months ago, the unrealistic malting premium has now disappeared from the market. The best we can hope for is when the market turns up again, we should at some point have a malting barley premium to follow. Meantime, please protect your high-value malting barley crops by checking for bugs, high moisture and indeed hot spots when it's moved. Oil seed rope, the market remains very volatile. Last week, we saw domestic rave seed briefly hitting £500 pounds a tonne before turning back lower. The easing of China's COVID-19 restrictions added support along with the prospects of a strong demand for the EU rapeseed oil as the feedstock for biodiesel and palm oil-based goods is begun to phase out. The market focus remains on Argentine's soil crop and the impact of drought as the weather remains hot and dry. On Wednesday, Buenos Aires Grains Exchange said that it would slash the 2022-2023 forecast for Argentina's soybean and corn production by up to 25% if this drought continues. So moving on to prices this week. January, buyers have cover into February. So March, 217 to 227. May, 220 to 230. November, new crop, 214 to 224. Milling wheat premiums are currently 50 to 60 pounds for old crop. Looking at feed barley, again, the same with buyers having cover for January and February, March 195 to 205, May 200 to 210, and November 180 to 190. For specific malting barley premiums, please get in contact with your open field farm business manager. And lastly, oilseed rape: February 470 to 475, March the same price at 470 to 475, May 473 to 487, and November new crop 485. To £490. Thank you very much.
1: Many thanks as ever, Kit. The Farming Programme. Five day forecast. Low pressure and a cold, windy and at times wet week in Lincolnshire and Newark with overnight frosts. Some strong gusty westerly winds for Sunday, mostly dry through the day but rain overnight, highs of 5 Celsius. The wind veers to northwesterly on Monday, upper teens, MPH and gusting into the 30s, bringing colder weather, daytime temperatures barely getting into the positive and some heavy rain later in the day. The winds start to ease and back westerly for the middle of the week, mostly dry but staying cold. Slightly warmer but windy on Thursday, and the end of the week brings more heavy cloud and rain. Next week on the Farming Programme, we'll look ahead to Lincolnshire Farmhouse Breakfast Week, and there's more new stuff to come from Lammer. I'm Steve Orchard. Until then, have a great week.
0: The Farming Programme with Araquip Steel Stockholders, Withambrook Industrial Estate Grantham. BSI ISO 9001 accredited.